Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 19th, and we are on page 163, the second paragraph beginning, We Know of an AA. Um, Today's readers are Amy W., Daia, Marita, Du, Crystal, and Paula. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, November 18th, is 5483. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amy W., to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Um, good morning, Aunt Amy W., compulsive overeater from California. 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Amy W. I will now ask Daiya to read the 12 traditions. Uh, Good morning, everyone. I'm Daiya, recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups ROA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lease problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should, re- should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Uh, nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always Uh, Maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Daia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of our purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absent requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absent requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that the sharing be directly related to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book on page 163 uh, on page, uh, paragraph 2. And I'm going to ask uh, Marita to read that paragraph and the one following it. Thank you. Good morning, Kathy. It's, this is Marita from Virginia a recovered compulsive overeater. We know of an AA member who was living in a large community. He had lived there but a few weeks 
when he found that the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. This was only a few days ago at this writing in 1939. The authorities were much concerned. He got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. The arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to select still others from the stream of misery which, throws, which flows through that institution. <clears throat> okay. So they are alluding to real historical events. Um, as everything else in this book, it's all true. This is our real history. And uh, in my study edition, I've got a couple of footnotes here. One is talking about um, the AA member who lived in a large community, that that community was Montclair, New Jersey. So, woohoo, New Jersey, here we go. It, this, this, this has grown from New York, where Bill was, out to Akron, where Dr. Bob and every uh, all, all most of the other guys started, and then Cleveland, and now we are in New Jersey. And um, the large public hospital that made arrangements with the chief psychiatrist to, to select still others from the stream of misery which flows through it, that, was, uh, that psychiatrist was Dr. Russell Blaisdell at Rockland State Hospital in upstate New York. So... These guys are, um, they're doing the hard work of really networking and plugging in to the community where they find themselves and uh, very deliberately and methodically going out and looking for this stream of misery to help. You know, this is, this is a real responsibility these people took upon themselves to make a difference, having been given such a miracle in their own lives. They were out there actively seeking who is there that wants what we have to offer. And um, that part of the story hasn't changed. We're still um, grateful for what we've been given and just filled up with that, that joy of, of being saved, being changed. And that, that feeling of the heart overflows, and it wants to help. It, you know, um, I love that, that page in, in the back of, of, of the book in, on 552 where it says a great man said the only real freedom is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. And that's what happens when we get recovery. We want to do what we know all along we have been, uh, been wishing we could or uh, shaming ourselves that we couldn't. We are living by these principles, which in my life, at least, I used to run from. I used to hide, man. I was under the bed, uh, in the food, ignoring my responsibilities. And uh, I love I love that change that's occurred for me. Thanks so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marita. 
Who would like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Larry. Larry, go ahead. <clears throat> Good morning, Larry, compulsive eater from Chicago. Thank you for your service. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want to go down to um, the doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So we inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? You know, that strikes me, <clears throat> the way that strikes me is it's very powerful. You know, I, I work in the helping profession. can't imagine, you know, is it is it odd or is it God that this doctor, out of his anxiety and 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 concern for the people that, you know, I, I sense that he probably was beside himself in the sense that he couldn't help these people. So he was open to, you know, to, to something else. I mean, that doesn't exist too often, you know, in the profession, you know, someone coming and to imagine, you know, I try to imagine someone coming and, you know, perhaps trying to help with something and, and they have some idea that sort of goes against the, the grain, you know, and, and who is, who is, who is this person to tell me, you know, uh, that they have this other idea. So to me, that's, it's really amazing that, you know, the doctor proved extremely anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. Um, what did this person have on the ball? Well, this person knew about, about the phenomena of this situation of alcoholism. They knew experientially, you know, I mean, that's, that's the way I read, read it. That they didn't know it by just books and learning and degrees and uh, you know academic research and so forth. They knew it perhaps by the fact that they were indeed an alcoholic. See, that's how I understand compulsive overeating. You know, I can teach it. You know, perhaps because I know it um, experientially. I know what it's like to not be able to put the food down. You know and. And so that, that's a pretty amazing thing to me. And then the, the friend goes on to proceed to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor actually agreed to test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from the clinic which he attends. So uh, there was power in this. And to me, lastly, I'd say that inherent in all this is God at work. For this, for this to even occur, this was God at work. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Uh, yes, go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a, rec a thankful recover compulsive overeater. Thank you, Kathy, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I like these two paragraphs because it's a paragraph of hope, really hope, and we see the solution. Uh, the first paragraph that we read today started with... We know of an AA member. And the second paragraph is our friend proceeded. When we just started the program, we were a newcomer, a member. Uh, I came to the program very with fear and scared. I, I wasn't sure about the program, about the people. I was afraid that maybe I need again to be isolated. Thank God, thank God, all my scared and all my fears were gone. 
That's it. I don't have to be anymore isolated. I don't have to be anymore alone. Now we are a family. It's not an AA member. It's our friend. We are all here a family. We are friends. We give and we get. We learn from each other. It's not, it's not a program of a teacher and student, a therapist and patient. No, we are all together. We are all friends. And how come such a program can be we all friends? Because we cannot forget who is the leader. We are who, from whom we are getting the guidance. It's not guidance of a doctor, of a psychiatrist. It's guidance of God. God wants to be with us. God is is open himself to us if we want to get it. We are under the guidance of God that it's with love and care. And we all feel it. So then... Even the professional field, the doctors and the psychiatrists are, are happy to be part of this family. And this is the purpose of the, of the program. We cannot forget that our disease is physical, emotional, and also spiritual. And we need the guidance of God to be united to feel like friends. We are all friends when we are under the, the umbrella of God's guidance. And I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bella. Barbara? Yeah. I'm sorry? Leah? I heard Leah, and I heard one other person before Leah. Who is that? Barbara. Okay, Barbara and then Leah. Thank you. Thank you. This is Barbara. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm very glad to look at these paragraphs because, first of all, in terms of applying it to my history, what the directions in the big book say for me, when I look back at all the years of going to doctors, going to psychiatrists, going to therapists, going to religious people, nobody could help me. How could a psychiatrist help me when I was coming to that appointment complaining about my mother or somebody else in my family or my work? When I had binged the night before and I was like a crazy person, the equivalent of listening to a drunk, how could the psychiatrist get beyond that? How could a doctor begin to deal with the phenomenon of craving? They just didn't know. But when I did, through the grace of God, come to OA, and in my excitement and enthusiasm, I shared with my doctor, and he said, unlike the openness here, he said, that's a bunch of people sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. Well, that doctor needed to see that year after year, he needed to see this workable method. Year after year, there was a physical, emotional, and whatever came through of a spiritual change. He needed to see that, oh, she gained 60 pounds back this year after losing 40 or whatever. He needed to see that it was workable, proof. And so for today, my feeling in, in a call to uh, giving back is to, when I go to the doctor year after year for a checkup in these extraordinary, uh, you know, evidence of physical well-being and 
emotional things in place and being worked on it because she knows me very well, my call, as I see it, is to tell her what I do. That's not that's not the place to practice anonymity or keeping it secret. That's the that's the place to do twelve step work to give pamphlets to to give witness and um, to talk about whatever you know I can put it. And the same thing with therapists, you know, uh, to carry the message. And so the cooperation of people in these professions uh, is essential, I feel, for, for OA Today and for me and my, in my participation and my giving back. So I'm very, very thankful this morning to be called to that reminder. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Leah? Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our friend proceeded to tell him... Um, Again, recovered people have a message of depth and weight, not because we're smart compulsive overeaters or we've read up, you know, uh, we're intellectual, perhaps we have the ability to articulate uh, the disease concept well. Uh, We may or may not have all those things, but the the truth for us is that um, we have risen um, out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and we have a message to carry. We have a certain very specific experience, and that experience is a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. So it goes on to say, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. Um, you know, these men and women who recovered, uh, they got sober, they stayed sober, their families were reunited, their lives were rehabilitated, they were living proof that some power greater than themselves had restored them to sanity. I mean, alcoholism was nothing new on the scene, but men of medicine and science had stood powerless and helpless uh, by the sides of these of the beds of these uh, alcoholics. They were acknowledging their inadequacy and their limitations of their field. Um, When AA came on the scene, the movers and shakers of medicine, these deep thinkers, um, and Dr. Silkworth, of course, got the ball rolling. He was AA's medical saying, and he was the bridge to the medical field because he risked his reputation by putting... um, that initial letter out there, um, you know, there was something going on that these men of medicine, however wonderful they were in their fields, they could not touch. You know, something was going on, and AA had the results to prove that. AA had the results to prove that. You know, they were living proof. When, when, when many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is the most important factor of their lives, that presents a very powerful reason why one should have faith and why one should um, implement these very steps that they were teaching and began to uh, disseminate through these pages. It goes on to say arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to select still others from the stream of misery which flows through that institution. Again, this is like, uh, you know, men and women rising up from the dead. 
you know, they are not what they used to be. They were being born again, not in body, of course, but in mind. Old ideas, emotions, and attitudes they had had uh, were cast aside. New ideas and attitudes and emotions were beginning to dominate them. They were no longer living in that stream of misery. This was a message of hope. And if you'll take a look in the back of your book, um, there is a medical view on AA uh, where, you know, uh, several of the um, prominent physicians of the time, men of medicine of that time, uh, state that the world has set their approval upon AA, that they were observing a profound change in personality in these people, so much so that they could hardly recognize them. Can we do that in Overeaters Anonymous? My experience is yes. My experience is that I witnessed that uh, in a face-to-face a couple of face-to-face meetings where men and women who were shackled by the disease of compulsive overeating were now um, uh, eliminating those substances that triggered them. Their bodies were moving towards and maintaining normal, healthy body weights. Those medical consequences of diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol were starting to uh, be healed. And um, the madness that had crippled them, um, you know, the soul that was getting sucked out of them began to be transformed. This isn't just about stopping. We've stopped thousands of times. How do you uh, not start again? You've got to find a way to live comfortably. And that's exactly what this program of recovery offered that the men of medicine and science could not offer these alcoholics, and it's true for compulsive overeaters. And what a delight it was to invite cardiologists and endocrinologists and nephrologists and uh, psychiatrists and, uh, you know, other men of medicine and women of medicine into our open meeting so that they, too, could see the results see the results, the living proof of what can happen when we submit ourselves to this very simple, not easy, very simple process of the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? Okay, let's move on. And I'd like to ask Du to read the next paragraph. Good morning. This is Stu, and I'm a compulsive overeater. It says, so our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up. But if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in that town has had his opportunity to recover, if he can and will. Wow. Um, I love this because, you know, these doctors, these people had the confidence that, you know, they, they, they thought for themselves that, you know, there was a limitation. Um, they felt helpless. They felt helpless with the alcoholic because they tried every method, every remedy that their synthetic knowledge could produce. Um, However, they noticed that they had a limitation with the alcoholic, but they knew that this movement that was going on, this altruistic movement that was happening with these alcoholics, something was happening 
that was changing them and helping them to recover and be restored back to health. And, you know, it says that their experience, their experience was the standard for most of them recovering, you know, and um, experience something you've gone through from the beginning to the end and you know the conclusion. And, you know, it's so funny that um, here it says, when a few men in the city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in town has had his opportunity to recover if he can and will, you know. And our experience, you know, um, you, you know, and you hear this all the time, you can carry the message, but you can't carry the alcoholic. And we have a choice. You know, we have a choice as to whether we receive this message or whether we refuse it. And, but, you know, it's so wonderful when we have someone that is recovered that can give us the message because they're armed with facts about themselves. They're, they're at a point where they have experienced it, gone through it. They know what it is to be alcoholic. They know, in, in our, our case, is to know what it's to be a compulsive overeater, you know, to have gone through the trenches of being bloody pummeled and beaten, you know, to the point where you get the solution. You get these few simple steps and you apply them to your life and you practice it and you see the outcome, you know, which is you you get joyful and you get freed. And it's so amazing to me to see that, you know, that people who do take the message, which is found in this big book, you know, it's found, it's step by step, you know, and we can, we can recover. It says it right there. You can recover if you can and will. So this, this method works. And, and, you know, one of the things that I loved um, from the beginning about, you know, it says our fellowship, our fellow workers will soon have friends galore, and it's been proven over and over. You know, one of the things that they say, if you want to see if something works, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And I was looking at the numbers, and I was, like, you know, noticing from the beginning of this book that, you know, we had our fellowship started out with two or three or five groups, and then over a period of 16 years, in 1955, it had mushrooms to 6,000 groups. 150,000 uh, recovered alcoholics had recovered. You know, and then after that, in 1976, it went to 100, um, uh, uh, 28,000 groups and a million members that had recovered, you know, in over 90 countries. And then you look another 16 years you know, and and you see that that number doubled to a hundred a hundred thousand eight hundred groups, over two million people that had recovered in a hundred and fifty countries. That's a testimony of this of this program. It it says you know that initially when these people had discovered dissolution in 1939 with this book, you know. The fellowship only composed of largely <clears throat> men, women of of quite similar social and et, et, um, ethic and economic backgrounds. But you know, we're in a chapter where it's a vision for you, and it's so funny that it says that this proved far more visionary than the founding members could ever imagine. 
because this was spread to to such a point that it would reach worldwide. Did they have that vision? I don't think so. But but it it was something that was far more reaching their, than their own vision. And they give us that hope because they say, you know, in this book, when they put down the numbers, they say, wow, this is far reaching, far more reaching than we first envisioned. And it can be for you if you want it. And so are you willing to take it? That's the question. Are you willing to grab hold of this? And I hope you are and walk with us. With that, I pass. Thank you, do. Um, this is Kathy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'd like to take a turn here um, at the top of the page where it says uh, they've discovered the joy of helping others to face life again. Um, you know, for me, when I discovered that joy of helping others, that was really uh, a marker for me of how I had been transformed Um when I came into the 12-step rooms, I was in such pain and agony and depression um, that uh, I barely had hope that um, the program I was coming to explore could help me at all. And, you know, it was by working through to a place of abstinence and then becoming acquainted with the steps that I began to discover the joy of helping others. But that joy, that joy that I experience today regularly, multiplied, multiplied tremendously since I actually um, completed the steps according to the big book study approach. Um, I had been through the steps in AWOLs. I had been through the steps using the OA 12 and 12, and it wasn't until I came to study the big book intensively with other compulsive overeaters that the joy I felt just multiplied a thousandfold. And even today, you know, I um, I know when I do a daily 10th step, um, the last thing I need to do is uh, turn towards someone I can help. And that's a part of my daily recovery. That's what enables me to stay um, aligned with the vision that we share here um, and to continue to practice uh, the principles embedded in the steps uh, on a daily basis. So I'm just so grateful um that we read this today and that I'm reminded of the tremendous transformation, not just in how um, how I uh, eat and not just in terms of the tools that I use on a daily basis, but in terms of the level and depth of joy that I feel when I'm able to help another compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Okay, I heard Paula, and who else did I hear? Kim. Kim. Okay, Paula and then Kim. 
Thank you. Thank, thank you, Kathy. This would be Paula, recovered compulsive Rita. I'd like to go on that line. When a few men in this city have found themselves, you know, we have on 158, same, a vision for you. It says, but he had found God, and in finding God, had found himself. So look what comes together here. And then it goes on and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, life that they always ran away from, not only to face life, but to live life, not to live life in the taking, but to the live life in the giving. It goes on, and I'd, I'd like to just go back just, just for a moment to our, our dear friend Bill W., and there's a couple of places here, but I'd like to just read this part. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at a seeming worldliness and levity, but just underneath it, there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day, in and through us are we perish. What you see here is faith working. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Kim, go ahead. Did you call my name? This is Kim. I did. Kim, go I'm ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was unmuting. Um, good morning, Kathy. Uh, good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I just want to pull out two sentences here. It says, some of them may stink and perhaps never get up, but if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. And... There will be no stopping until everyone in this town has had the opportunity to cover, recover, if he can and will. And, uh, you know, when I read that, my heart swells and my heart aches. Because what is my experience in Overeaters Anonymous? Do half the people recover? No. I mean, we're lucky in our fellowship if we have a 3 4 5% recovery rate. So why is that? If their experience is a criterion, why is it that our experience in our fellowship is such a low recovery rate? And I think it's because their experience comes from the 12 steps, specifically how it's written in this book. You know, my experience in LA is often dieting with a group support. You know, what I passed on is if you follow my food plan, you can get thin. That was the message that I was carrying. And when I became a student of the big book and I had my spiritual awakening, yes, the physical part took care of itself, but the miracle is I no longer want my binge foods. So I'm not passing on a message of you can be strong enough to resist your binge foods today. My message is is you can be free. So now my experience is more than half of those approached. I wouldn't say half of those approached, but I would say well over half of the people that I begin working with are recovering. And is that because I've become this guru? No. It's because now I have a message to carry. Now I am no longer carrying Kim's dieting tips. I'm no longer carrying Kim's opinion. I am carrying a message of depth and weight that is in this book. I am helping people create their own experiences in this book. You know, do alluded to, um, you know, the part in, in um, more about alcohol. I mean, sorry, and there's a solution where we're properly armed with facts about himself. I love that next paragraph, too. It says that the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, and he obviously knows what he's talking about, 
that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. A real answer, not a temporary respite. Not that if you do a certain number of activities and distract yourself from the food, maybe you can control it. But there is a proven workable method where you can be free from the obsession. And if you're free from the obsession, you're not going to want your binge foods, which means you're not going to pick up your binge foods, which means you're not going to trigger the allergy, and therefore you won't get in that vicious cycle. So when it says that everyone in this town has an opportunity to recover, that is my, my job as a recovered person. My job as a recovered person is to maintain the integrity of this message. And when this book takes hold, miracles will happen. You know, I am seeing in my inner group pockets of enthusiasm that are rising up, not because of one specific personality, but because people are carrying a message of death and weight. People are cracking open this book for other people, and they are going in that book, and they are having that, that experience that we are promised in this big book. So when it says in the paragraph before, the stream of misery which flows through that institution, I have to say, sometimes I think that institution is overusing anonymous. And it's my job to go into that stream of misery, those meetings that are caught up in just identifying in the disease only, to go in there and shout with my entire deportment that there is a, is a real answer. And it's not Kim's answer. It is the answer of these 12 steps. It is the clear-cut directions that are in this book. And every day I get lit up like a Christmas tree being able to carry this message and giving people the opportunity to recover. I cannot make them recover. I can lay out the spiritual toolkit. It is your decision whether you pick it up. But it is my experience when you pick up the spiritual toolkit and when you apply these principles, you too will recover. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Hi, I'd like to share. Who's this? This is Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And, um, you know, so much of what's been said just really speaks to me. With the first couple sentences, so our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. I mean, what is a friend? It's somebody that I, I respect, I uh, value, um, I want to aspire to. And when I first got into program, that was just to be thin. You know, I saw these people all talk about food, talk about food, and you know, sure, I had a few big books, but I didn't understand what um, the real message was. And so I didn't have those friends. I mean, I went to meetings. I got my food plan. I, I uh, reported my weight loss. I got my chips. But, you know, it wasn't my – I hadn't had my experience yet. I hadn't had the realization that I am a compulsive overeater and – I cannot take these foods and I cannot stay stopped. All the things that, you know, the big book clearly states. I didn't have an experience. And more than half of the people, they weren't recovering. I think Kim said something about a percentage. And it wasn't until after being in OA, 1981, a year ago yesterday, I came back to the rooms and I got a big book sponsor and I saw what it meant to have friends. I saw what it meant to have the criterion, what was the rule, what was the standard. And um, I can, you know, all the people I sponsored before, 
it was really, are you abstinent or not? You could have kicked your dog, yelled at your husband, but no matter what, you didn't eat. And and it was not even, I don't even know what the percentage was of the people that I sponsored went back to the food, as myself went back to the food many times. But now, um, it's amazing. I, I, the three of the five people I sponsored are recovered, not because of me, but because we're working this program as depicted in the big book. And, you know, we're going to, and as we grow, then they'll sponsor and their sponsors will sponsor and it's going to be the same methodical approach. We put the food down and we move forward. And I am just so excited to be where I am today because I could only go closer to my God. And, um, you know, one day, one day we might just have those percentages that AA had when they followed this text to a T. Um, and we will have opportunity to recover if people want it. So, um, you know, if there's any newcomers in here, yeah, you can get your weight off, but you become you could become a woman of integrity and honor, and not manipulate, not overspend. It's the whole deal. It's not just about the food. So anyway, I am so glad to be part of this fellowship because um, I'm able to live for the first time, and I'm 54 years old. So thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? Okay, um, Crystal, would you like to read the next one? Good morning. This is Crystal, compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. How human of me. I want to, I want to be guaranteed outcomes based on things in the external world, such as circumstances, relationships, retirement account numbers, and in this case, becoming recovered. And it's out of fear that I need that contact with the first 100 people to get sober and become recovered. And, of course, that's not true. Looking to put another on a pedestal, meaning I can only have that possibility of becoming recovered because of the first 100, is dangerous to me and that person as well. And Bill redirects me back to God. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. My reliance is upon God. He will guide me on how to create the fellowship I crave, the fellowship with God, others, in and outside of these rooms, as only he can do. My way doesn't work. His is much more. 
sufficient. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. Who would like to share on this paragraph? I'd like to share. This is Philomena. Go ahead, Philomena. Thank you for your service. Um, my name is Philomena, uh, recovered compulsive reader. And where it says here, um, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who wrote this book. Um, we cannot be sure. God will redetermine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. Um, I am so grateful for um, God leading me to this meeting. Um, I went through the book. When I came in, it was they were halfway through, and now I went through it all the way to one page 164. And I am so grateful to be able to now say that I can do service. I went through the steps with a sponsor, and I just became a sponsor according to the big book, uh, following the directions of the big book. And um, there's no fear uh, at all, because the directions are right here for me. Um, on page uh, 50, it says, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. And um, that's a measure of hope. Open mind, this process I, I have uh, during doing the 12 steps and now living in 10, 11, and 12. So when I, uh, my sponsor told me, and uh, you're a sponsor, you can do service now, um, I was so excited to, to hear that because now I do have all these directions and, and been listening on this line as a student. And, uh, and I got down on my knees and I, about two weeks ago and I, I, said, to, I said to my higher power, I said, now I can be used because you led me to this book. I've been a student. I, I know that you're working through me. So please send who you want for me to help. And with the next day, not even 24 hours, I was asked to, uh, to be a sponsor. And I know that God is involved, and he gives me these directions. So when many... so. On page 51, when it says, many, uh, when many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their life, they're, they're, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. And uh, when, when God shows himself like that, it just makes my faith so much stronger. And when I have faith, I don't have fear. So I am very excited to say that I just started working with uh, two people, three people actually, and um, and I ha I'm retired and I have all this time now to work and help others and I have the clear cut directions of this book. I remember that when uh, when I came into OA, it'll be four years and 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 I had a sponsor that forced me to be a sponsor, called me from his honeymoon in Hawaii because he didn't hear me announce on a phone line that I was a sponsor and called me and said, I didn't hear you announce your name, and I said, I don't feel ready, and I was forced to be a sponsor. I didn't know any better. I, I thought I had to follow directions, but it was not God's directions. It was, it was human aid, and now I know, and I didn't have no resentment or anything against him when I came in here and found out 
that I I was embarrassed of what happened, but it's happened to a lot of us and all to the new person right here on any newcomer on this line or anybody coming back, you're in the right place. And I am just so grateful to be part of this vision and um, and to have all these, you know, the directions clearly because uh, it's hard for me to comprehend. And for this year and a half, I've got it, and God gave it to me. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Philomena. Hello, Kaya. Let's say, if you can say your names one at a time, so I can get them. Hiya. Nicole. Hiya. And who else? Nicole. Nicole. And I think I heard one more. Nope. Okay. Hiya, and then Nicole. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Good morning. This is Hiya, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas, soon to be from Denver. Welcome to the new people. You know, this, these readings have just been so, uh, like Kim said earlier, you know, heartwarming and gut-wrenching, heartwarming for the possibility um, for my own gratitude uh, for being able to grasp onto this thing and gut-wrenching for those who are still suffering in the rooms, um, let alone the ones out of the rooms, and uh, and that this meeting that was, you know, just created about less than a year and a half ago is, you know, is really emulating this vision that um, that they're describing in this chapter. What struck me in the reading and in the sharing this morning was, you know, very often in OA I've heard, you know, I've been in OA for many, many years in a thin body for many, many of those years, um, but not, not recovered. Um, you know, maybe from the seemingly hopeless state of body, but not the seemingly hopeless state of mind. And I can say today that, thank God, um, through these steps and living in 10, 11, and 12, um, to the best of my human ability, <laughs> um, I, uh, I really am recovered in that, in not just the body, but in the mind as well. Um, but what, what, what struck out to me today, I was, what, what kind of went through my mind is how I often hear, you know, that we say, you know, we're united on the problem. You know, we have this common problem. We have this common problem. And, um, and, and if you look at the statistics in OA and if you look at all the factions of food programs that have sprouted from OA, um, trying to trying to, uh, you know, overcome this food thing, um, there's, it, it's so, there's so many different quote-unquote solutions that people have tried to create. And what I realized is it's really the opposite. You know, if you look at every compulsive eater and, and every story, you know, is, is different. Um, some people started when they were little. Some people started after they had babies. Some people started in their older age. Some people were bulimic, some anorexic, some binged during the day, some binged at night, some can't eat this, some can't eat that. It's so diverse. But what are we united on? The solution. The solution in this book. That is what is, is the commonality to recover, to recover. Um, is that the people that, you know, numbers speak. Someone said earlier, numbers do speak. And when you see one by one compulsive eaters cracking open the book with the aid of another, usually another compulsive eater who's gone through the book, and recovering themselves and is taking others through, not only because they have to, but because they want to as well, um, they can recover too. And it's, watch, watch these numbers just in the last year. 
in this in this OA meeting that's entitled a vision for you because it is a vision for you. And those of us, thank God, I can include myself by the grace of God, who have recovered today, you know, are a vision for these other people that are coming along and wanting to get to get out of the quicksand. And um, this is what we unite on. We unite on the 12 steps as they are in the book. And this meeting for every person that's gone through the book, it may be a little bit of a different nuance, but we're all united on the directions in the book. And that, that, that is just, that is the biggest blessing in my life, and it can be the biggest blessing in your life as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kaya. Um, Nicole, you'll be our last share. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, this is Nicole. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. And um, what I like here is that um, we must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. And um, for for years, I worked a um, you know a, a program in a way um, where my sponsor was my higher power, and it you know all my decisions. It was you know I can't um, trust my own decisions because they got me into the food so I need to rely on um, you know uh, you know they, they didn't teach to rely on other people but it's just that's what I did is I relied on a sponsor so and since I've been doing this revision for you um, and studying the big book it's made me realize that um, you know I, I can't trust my own intuitions but when I truly trust and rely on God and ask him for his guidance and direction and um, let him be in the driver's seat and uh, then, then he's going to give me what I need, and he's going to give me um, the solutions to to my problems. But that is, I, I have to trust and rely on him. And um, it's such a, a great shift for me that I've had from having that sponsor being in charge of um, of everything, and me relying on a sponsor. To now, I am relying on you know the power of the universe, which um, you know is. Uh, you know, infinite power and um, compared to, you know, a human or myself, my own finite power. And um, I just really appreciate that in this big book that um, it's constantly just directing me back to God and relying on him. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, Thank you, everyone who has shared and who is with us here today. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Paula, will you please read a vision for you? Gladly and happily, this would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Rita. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.